0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
0: Learn more at
2: meta.com/slash metaverse impact.
1: Now I know what it really takes to be the best in the world, and I still want that. I still want Olympic gold. I'm like, sometimes you really have to go through something hard. To figure out who you truly are as a person and how hard you need to work to be able to accomplish something like that.
0: Hey everybody and welcome to RealPod. I'm Victoria Garrick, former D1 athlete and mental health and body image advocate and I'll be your host. We've got awesome guests, weekly inspiration and are bringing you the realest conversations about everything and anything. Now let's get real. Welcome back to Real Pod. Thanks for clicking on this episode today. We are joined by a very special and talented athlete. Her name is Sarah Hughes, and she is a professional beach volleyball player. Sarah is best known for her historic career as a collegiate volleyball player, one of the best of all time. She paved the way. For the program to become what it is now, leading them to multiple national championships and multiple Pac-12 championships and setting records left and right. She continued her career as a professional beach volleyball player where this past season, her and her partner peaked at number nine in the world rankings on their way to hopefully the 2020 Olympic Games. However, Sarah's partner got injured. And Sarah and her partner had to pull out of multiple tournaments and got to a point where Sarah was also having to think about finding other partners or how she was going to figure this out. So it's really powerful and inspiring what she's been through. A situation where you work with one person to achieve this, this goal and this dream of going to the Olympics that barely anyone can accomplish. And then you're so close and one of you suffers an injury. It's out of your control. There's nothing you can do. How do you come back from that? How do you persevere? So Sarah and I dive into that today and how she was planning on rerouting and continuing to find that Olympic pursuit. We recorded this episode. I also want to add, We recorded this episode before the coronavirus was a national emergency. So we had no idea it was going to um, escalate to this. And... So Sarah is talking about, you know, her pursuit before this virus happened. However, now that the virus is out and we do know that the Olympics are being postponed, I wanted to check in with Sarah so you guys could hear from her. So at the very end of this episode, stay tuned because there's a phone call where Sarah gets us up to date on where she's at now with training and with the Olympics and how the cancellation of all the games around the world has affected her personally. I thought it would be really powerful to hear from an athlete today who is being directly affected by this. Especially with someone like Sarah who is so optimistic, so resilient, and really inspiring the way she constantly overcomes the adversity she's faced with. So I can't wait for all of you to hear from Sarah Hughes. Let's get started. Yeah, I love that. That's amazing. <laughs> and um I'm just curious to learn more about you because I feel like I know from a surface level, obviously, fantastic volleyball player, iconic at USC, legend, Sarah Hughes, all <laughs> these things. But I think there's probably so much more to you to what's allowed you to be so great and excel past so many other athletes your age. And just because we were in the same Glenn Fox class, yeah. I'm like, okay, she's got to be tapped in mentally. She knows her personal philosophy statement. Like, there's a lot that we could jump into.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, oh my gosh. I love that Glenn Fox class. Right? He's amazing. I've actually just recently reached out to him just to kind of work with him a little bit more. Great. Um, But... I think it's so important, like the mental side of sports in general. It's just like, I think lately it's really been tapped into, whereas beforehand it wasn't really mentioned a ton. It was just like, wow, that's such a physical elite athlete. What are they doing in the gym? But now it's kind of, oh, wait, you're, you know, great physically, you're strong, but like what's going on in your head? Yes. And what what are you doing to like, use that on the court to benefit you.
0: Do you remember the exact moment in your sports career where you were led onto this of, okay, my mind's going to really matter? I don't, you know,
1: it's so hard because I think growing up in sports, I've just always like, I've always wanted to be a beach volleyball player, like from like I was as young as eight years old and I remember my first experience on the beach volleyball court and I was like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life and you
0: grew up by the beach right you're from Long Beach
1: yeah so I was born in Long Beach and then my family is from like the Costa Mesa area so I grew up in Huntington Beach and like I've just always been a beach girl and I've always loved volleyball so I found it really really young and I've just like have always had this mentality of, like, this is what I want to do, and I have to put in so much work to get to where I need to be. Like, luckily, you know, I come from really athletic family, um, so, like, that that physical piece of, like, you know, just may- maybe being, like, naturally gifted athletic lies, but, like, other than that, I was just, like, always so driven to do
0: my best and, like, to be the best on the court. So, when you were young and maybe oh I'm a not I can't get to that ball or oh I can't I can't swing as high as I want to you're working on those things as opposed to you think other people your age maybe weren't as driven to get better
1: yeah maybe not I think and, and that comes from a huge thing like I had a great coach when I was younger I was super lucky like just the best man ever, like, invited girls down who we saw had great potential and, like, coached us for free. So, like, that ultimately changed my life. And he, you know, taught the basics and fundamentals of beach volleyball. But it was just, like, see, like, why wouldn't you be going for that ball? Like, every ball, like, you have to go after it. You have to chase after it.
0: That's such a mentality (laughs) to go for every single ball. And I don't want to blame this on one of the coaches I had, but I did have a coach that was very this is your ball and this is not your ball, especially for indoor because you have six people out there. Yeah. So then it was this weird thing of a libero. I would be like, I'm afraid to take a ball that's not mine when the mindset of a libero should be, every ball is mine. <laughs> so, totally. Oh my gosh. So I was just, you know, it's, it's, it is it's a mentality, especially on beach. I mean, I've seen plays where girls, their partner shanks the ball and you're just like, plays over. Oh no, they have a hand on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a huge thing. It's just especially like sometimes when I see girls it's like you got to go after the ball and like some people are almost like afraid right. to dive or and it's like it's okay it's sand it's nicer than the indoor yeah. court like go ahead like dive on it yeah, yeah
0: exactly and then you had obviously a very successful high school career and then USC actually that was around the first time NCAA was even sanctioned made volleyball beach volleyball a sanctioned sport So it's pretty awesome. I mean, what would have happened if, you know, you couldn't have played college volleyball? (laughs) I don't even know. So growing up, like, I loved
1: indoor as well. I played indoor and beach up until my senior year of high school. But like how was I was getting recruited? It was mostly for indoor. Cause at the time beach wasn't even a thing, mm-hmm. or I guess technically it was even called sand volleyball back right. then. I still um, don't even know what to call it. <laughs> it's technically beach volleyball now. Okay. Um, but so I grew up and I'm like, okay, getting recruited for indoor and to places like USC and Stanford and Texas. Right. And I was like, okay, if I'm playing indoor, I need to have a, there's needs to be a beach team. Cause When I I think I was like a sophomore in high school and it was beach was becoming a thing. It was like, oh, it's out there. They're starting it. So I was like, okay, I'm playing both in college. Like I need to have a program where there's beach volleyball. So that was like my main thing going into recruiting. I wanted both. And then. I went to SC and I talked about the indoor and beach coach. And at that time, like I was a setter Mm -hmm. indoor setter, right side and USD at the time, I think I had like three setters indoor. So they loved me. They like really liked me as a player, but didn't really need a position for me. Right. Um, And so I met with Anna Collier, Mm -hmm. the beach coach, and she toured me around and like right away. I knew, I was like, this is the school I want to be at. Mm-hmm. It has all the resources I want. And like at the time they were building like a beach volleyball stadium. And I was, I was hooked because it was just like all I wanted. And people thought I was crazy. They were like, you're the number one recruit, one of the number one recruits in your class for indoor. And you're giving up indoor to play a sport that might not make it in college. Wow. And I, it was, it was, I, it was one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make like I would I would go home and just be emotional because I I think mostly I was so worried about disappointing other people because mm-hmm. I was like I don't want to tell my indoor coach like he's helped me so much he's you know he's put me like at this stage in my life and I'm gonna disappoint him because I want to go follow my passion and my dream but when I ended up telling him like I'm gonna go play beach volleyball in college he was just like I'm so happy for you you made a decision that's amazing so it's just like all these people ultimately had my back but I was so afraid because I didn't want to disappoint them
0: I'm glad that you did make a decision that was best for you because at that age of 17 18 years old college does really feel like someone else's choice for us I mean where we apply where we go what we major in I mean it really does feel like Oh, well, I haven't even had a second to to sit up and ask myself what I want because all of high school I've been prepping to go to the same school ever, my family did, or to be the first to go to college, or to be whatnot. And so it is scary to say I'm gonna make a life decision for myself, despite what the people I trust around me are, are telling me maybe is the better choice. I'm glad it worked out for I, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it is it
1: is scary because I was scared, and but everyone was like, "Do what you want to do," and like I I followed my heart, like that was the ultimate thing. I followed my heart. Did what I wanted to do
0: and it worked out really well. I could, like, SC was the best. And then you go on to be in the record books there, sort of just set the tone for what the program was gonna be. And I feel like when I look at your college volleyball career from a stats standpoint or a records or you know 48 game win streak, it seems like you were far and above the other beach volleyball level players. And I'm curious, is that you thinking? just naturally I was better or was this no I was putting in more work or no we were constantly working on our mistakes and constantly working on these things what was it that separated you and Kelly so far above everyone else
1: yeah for never for a moment I thought it was just gonna be easy like oh we're we're the best team like that it is what it is I have never had that mentality I never underestimate who's on the other side of the court it's like I'm there to bring it every time and even in like practice in the gym like there's no way I wanted to be last in anything I wanted to be PRing above everyone else I wanted to be the first in sprints like at practice we did competition drills and like I would I wanted to win like I wanted to be there and I going in freshman year like I had this mentality it was like I I want this team to be the best and I'm going to challenge each and every girl on my team to get better. And, you know, and then I was, I was rewarded. The coach actually put me with a senior my freshman year and I played at the one spot and I just learned and grew so much from that because I was challenged and she wasn't even sure to put a freshman at that spot but I was like I want that responsibility and I want to prove that I can do that so there was not one practice or weightlifting session that I took off it was like I need to be
0: the best and I want to, I want to be up there with the top. so let's say you're at a practice and one's is scrimmaging fives I mean you're like we will obliterate you I mean I am not going to let this be close I'm not going to let Anything be tested, no matter what the standard – I mean, no matter what the standard for you is high.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. And and the thing with that, too, is, like, beach volleyball is – it's interesting because in college, it's, like, you and your partner. But it's, it's a team sport. Like, you have to win three out of the five matches. So it's, like, if I'm not giving my best to my fives team – then they're not going to get better and then they're not going to win right so it was it was a collective like i want to push myself to get better but i also want to push my teammates because overall if i do that collectively like we're going to become a really great team and that was the thing at sc like we wanted to build that culture of Oh, we're not here just to have fun and like play on the beach courts. Like they're like, oh, beach volleyball. Like, Mm -hmm. what are those girls doing? And then we built this program of we're working hard, we're competitive, and we're gonna win.
0: Along with that, obviously, comes a lot of pressure. And it seems like you're maybe putting some pressure on yourself. Of I want to lead this team, I want to build this program, I want to be the reason. And then on top of that, you know, you're a student athlete for the first time, and that's a challenge. So did you feel at all any wavering with just the stability you felt in your life or the happiness you felt navigating that freshman year of, of this huge adjustment or or was it blissful for you?
1: I think there's there's always gonna be a huge adjustment going from high school to college, especially being a D1 collegiate athlete. I mean, for any collegiate athlete in general, it's it's hard. You're all of a sudden you're in all these upper level classes, you're in college you have this responsibility of like a, a four-hour time block blocked out in the middle of your day because you're like, that's dedicated to volleyball. And you're like, okay, I have 10 minutes from this class yeah. to the gym and it's across campus. And then your partner is like a 22-year-old woman and you're still <laughs> like, I'm an 18-year-old girl. Yeah, <laughs> she was like a this beautiful senior, like, you know, and I, and I like super knew what she was doing. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to live up to this. Uh, you know, but... I think there's always obstacles and challenges, but it's about how you you deal with that. And like, there are so many. Like, I learned so many lessons, but like, I always, like, I always learn from that. Like, it was like something happened. And I'm like, okay, I can't do that next time. Like, I'm gonna need, um, you know, I'm gonna need to just like figure out when my time to study is, when my time to write that essay, like, I mean, come on, we've all done an essay, like the night before it's still <laughs> oh, 100% in JMC. <laughs> yeah. But I think I just didn't dwell when things went wrong. Cause I was like, okay, I learned that lesson and I'm going to move on from that. But, um, yeah, there, there was, there's always pressure, especially from, you know, girls that were juniors and seniors on the team. They're kind of looking at this freshman, like, does she deserve that number one spot? Like right. she just came in. What is she doing? And I think ultimately in the end, I just proved it through how I participated on the court and um in the weight room. And I don't know, we were just always on a collier put such high expectations on us that we just wanted to fulfill that and live up to that. Like even with grades, like she wanted everyone to have a three, oh and above. And sometimes like collegiate athletes, that can be hard. And, um, I remember like my first class, I like, wasn't doing like in high school was kind of like, Oh, I, you know, was an A student. It wasn't that difficult, but getting to college, it was like a step up Mm -hmm. and I got like a C in my first paper. And I was like, devastated I was like how like writing I love to write this is my thing like what am I doing wrong I feel like writing 150 gives everyone a C then
0: that's what everyone <laughs> told me
1: they're like oh you it's only so you can improve oh, after yeah, that yeah. but I was like that's a
0: thing they do out. at USC they give you a C on your first writing paper so that you I don't even know. yeah no so I remember <laughs> I was
1: like so like freaked out by that and like I don't know I always just wanted to give my best and my all and so whether
0: that bent athletics or academics was like I just need to do well I'm curious can you remember a certain aspect of your game that that freshman year you were like I got to get better at this like this is the thing that is differentiating this college level from what I used to do in Long Beach
1: yeah oh my gosh I I remember like just offensively it's like I was like I just need to get better I need to be stronger more powerful because there's girls that are older than me that have been in the weight room longer than me. So I, I just remembered, like, knowing that I always had to c- keep getting better and step up. And keep getting stronger. And keep and getting stronger.
0: Yeah. And I love this, because you've mentioned the weight room a few times. And I think as female athletes, like, that is such an empowering thing. Did you ever have thoughts of, uh, oh, no, I don't want to gain too much muscle? Um, Honestly, I... I For me, always the weight room has
1: been like, I want to be the strongest and like, I want to, like my favorite thing at SC was doing pull-ups and having like the 22 pound chain around my neck doing pull-ups. Like I felt so empowered doing that. And I know, I know for a lot of girls, sometimes it's, I don't want to build that muscle. Like I want to slim down. Um, But for me, like that has always been like, I just want whatever's best for me and how I feel on the court. Like, doesn't matter how you look or what size you're, what, what size you are. It's about like, look at me winning that national championship, not, oh, how do I look in that photo? It's like, I'm, you know, like I should be proud of like winning and being up there. And I deserve that because I worked hard for it. Um, So it was never how I looked. It was just how I felt on the court.
0: I love that. And I'm so grateful that you always felt that way.
1: That was definitely something I had to learn. <laughs>
0: um, I mean, but it's hard, especially with like social media these right. days. It's so hard. Right. And then it's funny because then, and I feel like I had a shift. Like I, I tapped into that, my upperclassman years. And um, I would start to look at the girls who lifted heavy. And as opposed to this, I can't believe they're lifting heavy. It was Oh, I want to I want to grab that dumbbell tomorrow and be at their level. Um and it's so rewarding when I think female athletes can can shift and tap into that mindset of my body's a mechanism for performance. And so you're you're constantly working, constantly grinding to get better and better and your college career is amazing. I mean, and it's really I think I'm sure you know this, but how special it is to sort of look back and truly believe you had a a big hand in building that program. It's really rare. You know, I think there's a lot of sports that they date back to the 80s, 70s, whatever. Yeah. But to know how recent that was, it must be must be special.
1: Yeah, it is really special. And USC is so near and dear to my heart. So I just want to see them succeed. And you know, I think that's why the team did so well and we were so close and we wanted to work hard for each other. It was because we were building something. And it was this new sport nobody was sure but like we proved like look at these girls they're athletic they're in the sand they're flinging their body all around like we we just felt like we're building the program and we wanted to build a winning program and and that's what we did and I just wish the best for SC. And, like, honestly, all the programs, like, it's one of the fastest-growing NCAA sports in history.
0: That's awesome. Like, and
1: it's so great to see that and to know I
0: was a part of that and help start that. For sure. And then the beauty of beach volleyball is you could continue that professionally in the United States.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, <I'm> not- <laughs> for
0: indoor, you know, I have to pack up, say bye to my family, and learn another language and move somewhere. And that's yeah. obviously not... Not, that was not the thing that I wanted to do, but it is really awesome that you're able to continue that professionally. And I know just from reading up on you, you know, you looked up to Misty May trainer, you looked up to all these iconic professional beach volleyball players, and now you enter that world. Was it a big step up for you from college volleyball, like the competition, the the way people were now serving you, the way you approached the game? What were the biggest challenges you faced becoming a professional?
1: It was a huge step up from college. And I, I'm also very lucky because I started in the USA volleyball program from a young age. I was about 14. So I went to a lot of like world youth tournaments. So kind of got a sense of what the competition was. And I even got to play a little bit professionally, like still as a collegiate athlete, but like during the summer, that's when the season Mm -hmm. is like, I was able to go to some of those tournaments. Just couldn't pocket the money. (laughs) (laughs) Just couldn't. Yeah. Nope. Um, but like I was gaining experience while I was in college and so you sort
0: of knew what you were prepping for. So, so
1: I knew what I was getting into or kind of knew what I was getting into, but like when you jump into it fully, it's a completely different world. And you know, at, at college and SC and like general, like they had everything laid out for you as an athlete. This is when you're going to lift. This is how you're going to lift. Oh, we have nutrition. We have meals for you before and after practice and, this is your practice time block. And all of a sudden you get into the professional world and it's like, okay, who's going to be your weight coach? Who's going to be your, your trainer? You are making all your own food now. Like that just, right. there's general. just a
0: tournament on Friday, but you have to do everything before yeah, you show yeah. up. Yeah. And then
1: for USA and being a professional, if you want to get to the highest level, you plan the world tour and that's like, oh, did you, did you book your ticket to Switzerland? And you're like oh yeah now I'm a travel agent and I have to go across the world to play in a tournament so it was this huge learning experience of oh you get to the tournament three days before to prepare right you didn't just
0: you didn't just have to worry about having a good game you had to worry about every single thing that led up to before that game even happened
1: yeah oh my gosh you have to you have to know everything you're watching film all of a sudden and I mean you did that at college but it's just a completely different level when you hit international and I've had a lot of learning curves and I've you know and I'm still figuring it out I'm not I'm
0: still new to it and I know that when you first correct me if I'm wrong but when you first graduated you had an invitation from Carrie Walsh to partner with her and decided to stick with Kelly who was your partner from college that's another big decision in (laughs) life similar to college that you had to choose and why do you feel like you you chose what you did
1: Yeah. I mean, that's just one of those, you know, tough decisions. And I mean, I respect her so much as a player. She's a multiple Olympic gold medalist. And I, I started something with Kelly and we were a very young team and I knew I wanted to be in this sport for a very long time. And, um, you know, I just, I I made the decision. I, I talked to my, my friends, my family, um, people, around me. Cause like, how, how do you turn something like that down? But, uh, for me at the time, it was just the right decision, um, to stick with Kelly. You just wanted to see that through a little further. Yeah. See it through. I mean, we had great college career together. Um, we started playing professional together. It's like, we, we did something really big in college and like, now let's do something big, um, on the international
0: level. So, and it's a huge choice because you're choosing 50% of your team and it's not like on indoor where, you know, you sub in the next setter it's, you know, this is someone who is going to attack a life dream of mine with me. And there's a huge amount of trust that goes along with that about with consistency and with reliability and, um, I can imagine like all of, I mean, you keep mentioning, I ask my family, ask my, that's how I am. I can't make a decision unless I get, I want everyone's opinion and then I'll make my own decision, Yeah, of course. but I definitely can't just make, you need help. You I also need, need, help. need a night's sleep. I feel like things yeah. happen in my life and I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then I wake up and I'm like, wait, wait, wait maybe I shouldn't have done that. Exactly. Um, um, but you jump into the pro world and you guys are doing awesome. Was your, what were the expectations you had for Sarah Hughes, the professional volleyball player? Were we thinking, okay, Tokyo 2020 win worlds. Did you sit down and have a, a list of things you wanted to accomplish? Going
1: into, going into that world of the like international scene, professional volleyball player. Like my goal has been to become the best beach volleyball player in the world. Like that was a goal of mine in college. in even in college like my coach helped me she was like if you want to be the best do you think that high line shot you just did would have gone down on a brazilian defender or april ross like do you think that hit would have gone down like i i was striving for something more even in the collegiate program of like, I need to make that shot or that hit that much better because if I get internationally, I need that ball to go down. So
0: even if this, I know this is going to drop when we play so-and-so next week, I'm not going to hit that easy shot. I'm going to go for the harder kill.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that was my mentality. And that was a huge, you know, thanks to my coach who helped me through that. So I, I just have always wanted to be up there. Like I, my goal since I was eight years old was I want to play professional beach volleyball and I want to win an Olympic gold medal. And to do that, you have to be the best. And I think my first season in our internationally and as a professional, I had some, some great wins. I had some losses, but I've just been learning so much and it's constant learning, constant learning. And, um, and then I, I went with a new partner mm-hmm. and, really good things happened because I, I needed for myself to get better. I was getting too comfortable. I was getting too complacent and I wasn't getting the finishes I needed to, or wanted to like end of my first season uh, professionally. So I made a partner switch and we did really, we like, we're very successful. I won my very first gold medal internationally, uh, won a few more AVP wins. I know you guys were nine in the world at one point, right? Yeah, we were nine in the world and getting better. The only U S team to make it to the world tour finals, which is the top 10 teams in the world. And then even the first, 2019 season of olympic qualifier started we got a bronze medal things are looking good you know we have an off season and then it's go time 2020 olympic qualification and boom my partner gets injured and it wasn't it was a very you know it was a it was a progressive injury was something was nagging oh it's a you know we're athletes we're we'll get through this we'll push through this we're we're gonna keep working hard Oh, something's still wrong with my back. We're like, okay, we got to go see the trainer. Go do this. Go do that. And then all of a sudden it was, we have to pull out of this tournament. I can't. Uh, Her back was too bad. And it was like, oh no. Okay, we got to go home. We're in Europe. We have to go home to see a doctor. And then we figure everything out. She's got multiple problems with her back, a herniated disc. And it's Olympic qualifying year. So I, I had to go through this huge, like, I, I just didn't know what to do with myself because everything was going so great. We're on the track to make the Olympics Tokyo 2020. By no means did we ever get comfortable or complacent, but we were on a good path. We were on a good trek to do that. And then something hits that's so hard and and so I, out of your control. It, you literally spot on like I have learned so much this year that there are so many things out of my control and it was so hard for me because as an athlete you're like I will overcome that I will fix that I will I'll get wake up better. earlier I'll go to the gym I'll practice the shot 10 more times I'll do double days but this was something that was literally out of my control and I I thank goodness I have such a great support system and people helping me make all these decisions, but I was put in a spot of all of a sudden this dream of Tokyo 2020 just took a huge like turn for the worse.
0: In realizing this, let's like rewinding to you're flying home from Europe, you're, you're having these thoughts. I could imagine there's a mourning process. There's like days of crying like How the heck did this happen? And then there's that process of accepting. Mm -hmm. And do you feel like you have fully accepted that that this that what happened happened? I mean, is is the Olympics still and I wish I knew the beach volleyball. It's so I've tried to learn. It's hard. I tried to learn before (laughs) I interviewed April. It's so hard to understand. Is that, is 2020 now? sort of a lost cause. It is, it is not a lost cause. Oh.
1: And so, like, kind of going back to that point, it was, it was devastating. And I was, I was like, this can't be happening. And I wasn't letting it go. I was like, we're, we're good. We'll get back on track. Like she can, we took a couple months off for her to get healthy. And then we went to one more tournament and she could barely get past a couple matches. And it was like, then it hit me. It was like, this may not work out. Because the Olympic process is you have to have 12 tournaments with your partner to make the Olympic Games. And at the time, it was like, are there even going to be 12 more tournaments before the Olympic Games? And so... And then where
0: do you find a partner of this caliber who's free for the next 12 tournaments?
1: Yeah, and then that's the thing. Then that was the hardest part for beach volleyball. There's so many partners that were already set. Of, like, if I had to ask somebody, it was like, they're already on the road to the Olympic path. Like, any team would be like, great, one team's out. Like, that's how competitive USA volleyball is. It's like, oh, that team's out, see you later. Now we get to surpass them. So it was, even though maybe I would have been a better choice for them as a partner, but it was like, oh, well, the points and the tournaments, like, we don't have together yet. So all of this was going in my head and, and I'm trying to figure out what to do. Like my hopes and dreams are maybe falling apart. Um, but there's just like always been this part of me that's still not willing to let it go because it's like, I'm going to do everything in my power to do what I can control. Like I could go home, like go into my room, like, be sad for myself why did this happen to me or I can step up just keep my head down put my head down and work harder than I ever have before and that's exactly what I've been doing these past couple months like I didn't realize like how much more I could push myself and I've started to do that like I'm in the gym I'm doing stuff on my own I'm watching film by myself and I'm not giving up like that was my thing, I'm like, I'm not giving up on my dreams. If I, if something happens that's out of my control, if there's not 12 tournaments before the Olympic Games, what can I do about that? That is literally out of my control, but I can guarantee that I will play the best I possibly can against those other U.S. teams to let them know that I'm not giving up mm-hmm. and that I'm going to be that person that if you're going to go to the Olympics, you're going to have to get through me. So that's been like everything that's been my mentality and I have not given up and I've I've been doing practices by myself. I've been training by myself, just me and my coach. Like I'm getting more reps. I'm putting my body through a lot right now. But it is what it is. I grabbed a new partner who's a former 2016 Olympian and we're working. She's in NorCal, so I fly up there. I'm there most of the time. I come home for a little bit and we just we just won our first tournament together. Congrats. Thank you. Damn, that must feel good. <laughs> it, it felt really good. And, um, you know, not every high level team was at this tournament, but it was a true test. Like we had already gone through adversity at that tournament and it was like, I don't, I'm not giving up. Like, this is me not giving up. And, I want to prove to myself to it doesn't even matter what other people think like this is just myself I've been giving this been given this situation that is not fair doesn't seem fair it's not fun it it sucks but I'm like things could be worse like I could not be playing the sport I love right now there can always be something worse Mm -hmm. like that could happen but I'm like I'm here I'm healthy I can work hard and trust me I'm going to and that's just like what i've been living for the past couple months. And will you guys get those 12 tournaments together? Those that, opportunities. So that's the thing that's the goal. Like we're we're hoping we can and there are there could be those 12 tournaments. Um some of those tournaments are in China, so with all the virus going on, like it's a risk. It we don't know if these tournaments will be canceled. Like we we were just in Cambodia and you know, we started off strong. We won that gold medal and we have so much more work to do and so much more things to accomplish. But if there's like a little bit, like if we're, if we can do it, we're on the road and we're doing it. Um, and like I said, we're doing everything we can, but some things are not in our power, but, like I said before, I'm I'm gonna be out there and I'm gonna be giving
0: it my all, regardless of the situation. And now, how did you find this partner? How did how was this girl finally available and of the caliber you needed?
1: Yeah, so she actually had just had a a baby, a little girl, Willa. Mm-hmm. So she is. I believe seven and a half, eight months now. So Lauren Fendrick is her name. She was a 2016 Olympian. That rings so, a bell. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> it's like, name. and I'm like, oh, things suck. And I'm like, oh, I got an Olympian as a partner. Like, yeah. <laughs> but so she's, she's so great. And I mean, she's working so hard because she had to, you know, take time off. She had the baby. You have to heal. You have to recover. But she's in full training mode. I I called her on the phone I was like you want to do this like I need a partner and I want to accomplish something really big would you want to do that with me and she's like I'm in and like right there she I was like you're in like you're gonna give it your all she's like let's do this I'm like I put down the phone and I'm like this is it like that was my second chance if we can do it like if there's that number of tournaments left
0: like we're going to do it. And along with those 12 tournaments comes probably winning, getting a high enough point scorage, all those crazy calculations that end up what sending the top three American, two American teams, two. two American teams. So only four girls can
1: go to the Olympics and, and, and you're right. It has to line up. We have to do well. We have to win. We have to get into the tournaments first. So it's, it's not easy by any means,
0: but like I'm, I don't care. I'm almost. for are giving. You're instilling me. I'm like. I need to go to the gym right now. Like we need to get this. What are the tournaments? I'm like. So, I'm like. So, I'm so on your level, upstairs. Like we, we need to get this done. I and so. I can only imagine like how mentally you've ha- been having to handle those high level, you know, anxious, excited, hopeful feelings, and keep them in a place where you can still perform. And like what sort of mindset techniques or mental things have you been calling on to to stay at an even level to be the player, you know, you can be?
1: Yeah, I've been and that's exactly what I'm working on right now, finding those techniques. And um, lately, it's been like a lot of kind of like breathing exercises before a match. And for me, actually, like visualizing, I I did a lot of that in Cambodia of, of visualizing what I need to do. Um, because like I said, I've been training really hard and I've been working on some completely different like ways of improving my game. So like I visualize that going in before a match. I'm like, this is what I need to do. Don't go back to old, old ways, old, comfortable, easy tactics. I mean, that's what happens when you get in trouble and you're frustrated, right? You go back to what you know best. For me, it was, no, you can't do that. You need to step up and and what you've learned, you need to put it into this match because that's how you're going to win and that's how you're getting better. Um, so it was always just like I would kind of close my eyes and just visualize exactly what I needed to do um, with my arm swing, with my setting, uh, with my passing, literally every aspect of my game. What I've been learning and working on, I visualized it before each match.
0: Wow. It's so powerful to put that into the world of, I will perform it this way. I will serve here. And then seeing those physical things align and become hand in hand. Do you thrive under this pressure? Like, will do you thrive under a coach or a situation that's you have one chance? What for you is historically looking back at all your games and experiences where you play your best volleyball?
1: I I think I play my best when I, I'm not thinking too much. And I know it sounds cliche, but it's the hardest thing it's in the world. It, baby. It's the <laughs> hardest thing in the world to get to that point of where you're just like, I don't need to worry about that. Serve, pass, set, hit. That's all it is. This game of volleyball. So it's like me not think overthinking things or it's 14-14. What if we don't get this next point? Then it's match point for them. And I think we're all guilty of doing that. I know I am, but it's... It's just that grasping that and being okay with it. So we had a match, the semifinal match. It was really hot out. It was 14-14 in the third game. And Lauren and I look at each other and it was like, hey, we want this challenge. And we want this right now because this is only going to make us better for what is coming next for us. Like we have much more harder things to get over than this 14-14 match right now so we're like all right you and me we're doing this together let's do it like so it wasn't there was no time to be like oh i'm i'm scared what do i do should i be tentative
0: i love that hey we want this challenge because if it was 14 8 this would not be hard for us and we wouldn't learn anything i you're like i want a situation where it's hot i'm tired we're tied and we could lose and i want to see us win yeah. and that i think too is what separates you from so many athletes is. So many athletes, they don't want that situation. They want to show up and they want it to be easy. They want to work really hard in the gym, get really strong, hit their numbers, and then show up and be a breeze. And I think the reality is, and you can say this too, that that's not what makes a great player. It isn't.
1: And I think everything too that's happened to me this past season has only made me better and stronger. Because, you know, you saw at SC. SC was, as hard as I worked at SC, we were very successful. Right. And we did what we needed to do and... Going into my first couple years professional, it was things are still really good. I'm a top 10 team in the world. I'm winning AVPs and, and things are going well. I'm still working hard. And then something drastically horrible happened. And I'm like, wait a second. I just learned how to work even harder. Mm -hmm. Like I, like I thought I've, I've always worked hard, but I was like, I, I've learned something that has just made me better. And um, it's crazy saying this, but I'm almost grateful for that because now I know what it really takes to be the best in the world, and I still want that. I still want Olympic gold. I still want to represent USA Volleyball to the best of my level. But I'm like, sometimes you really have to go through something hard to figure out who you truly are as a person and how
0: hard you need to work to be able to accomplish something like that. When you say best in the world, I honestly get chills because (laughs) to be in a position in your life where where that is a goal of yours, that's something that you're very confident about and that's something that you work towards. You're a certain type of human that is very, very different and, and special than the majority of people that they don't seek those things. And could you explain a little bit how you balance that drive of, I want to be the best in the world with also I'm human. There's going to be a day where it's not my day. There's going to be a situation where, yeah, I'm not as mental. I know I should growth mindset, but I can't. Um, so how do you manage that balance mentally, especially?
1: Yeah, that's, that's something very hard to balance, but like you said, sometimes it's just like, it's not your day. And you've trained so hard, but it's like, what is going on with me today? I can't hit a ball in or I can't pass right now. But I I typically like I'm very hard on myself, but sometimes I'm just like, I have this mentality right now of like, I just need to let go. And I'm taking everything point by point. And, And that's just kind of like what I'm doing with life right now, too, is like I'm taking it day by day. I don't know what's going to happen. I can't control if they cancel a tournament, but I can get better. Like I can figure it out. I can let it go and
0: move on. Do you also would you agree with the fact that in order to be the best version of yourself, though, you will need there are days where you will say I got to be done at 3 p.m.? Just for my oh. sanity, for my body. Yeah. Like, how do you manage? How do you manage in that self care without having those thoughts of, well, you could still be at the gym, you could still be training.
1: Yeah, I I get that. Yeah, no, I I've had days like even, for example, yesterday. I so I got home Monday around like 2 p.m. from a crazy like over 32 hour travel day from Cambodia, and I took that rest of that Monday off, and I was like okay, I got to get back in the gym on Tuesday. And I talked to my strength coach. He's like, do your routine, just get a nice long warm up." And so I did. And then I have like three sets of something, but like I had to take a step back. And I was like, oh, my body is really hurting. I'm really tired, not feeling 100%. And so I was like, I just did two sets instead. And usually something like that irks me so much. I'm like, I can't, I got to push through. I got to do the rest of this workout. And that's how I usually am. But I was like, if I do this, I might hurt myself more. So I kind of toned it back. I, You really have to feel your body and you have
0: to respond to what it's telling you. And I think that that, that ability is what makes an elite level human being an athlete. Because when we fall victim of this, oh, I just can never give up. I can never listen to myself. I can't have weakness. I can't be anxious. I can't have this. Uh, you're, You're pretending you're not a human. I mean, every human's going to have a day where they can or their body does hurt. And it's not because you're not going to be the best in the world if you don't train that day. It's because, hey, everyone needs a little bit of rest, a recharge. The same way everything else in life needs water, needs (laughs) to be plugged in, needs to sleep at night. (laughs) Yeah, no, there are days where sometimes like weekends
1: are my time off. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm going to be in my house all day. I'm just going to watch movies and relax. Like, that's what I need. And I'm not going to shame myself about it. No. Oh, my gosh. Not at all. And then there's our times, like, I'm like, I am so tired. I want rest. But I'm like, I need to go hang out with my friends. I might be tired. But sometimes, like, I just need that in my life. I need my friend. I need an outlet. And I need not to worry about volleyball or talk about it. It's just like, and that's something I'm so lucky to have, too. Like, I have such good friends and family that are just like, let's just go out to dinner and have fun. And I'm like. (laughs) It's exactly what I need. My life's in
0: shambles, (laughs) but we're ordering guac and we're not going to talk about it.
1: (laughs) Exactly. So it's just like there are times where it's all right. I actually need to rest today. And there are times like, yeah, I'm tired, but I am going to go hang out with my friends because it's exactly what I need in my life. And um, I think it's really important to find those balances of what you need and um, what you might not want to do. But it's like that's actually going to be the best for me.
0: And is that something that you maybe didn't know as well in college? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, it's just like
1: such a learning process with everything. It's like, Oh, how do I not go out? All my teammates are going out to this party tonight and the men's volleyball team's going, it's going to be so much fun, but it's just like throwback. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and then men's just, volley, they're it, fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, ah, uh, shoot. I really not, I can't go tonight. Like I, yeah. I have to finish this paper or like I just finished a final like I just need to like decompress mm-hmm. and you can hear like the row like going off but you're just... At your house, and you're like, I'm okay I'm okay with this. You're like, these are the nights I'll remember
0: on the podium. Yeah.
1: <laughs> this is it. This is why I'm not at Lambda right I'm now. I'm <laughs> almost like going to
0: refuse to go to parties just so I can say I've never been to one. It was always training. <laughs> um, the last thing I just want to end with, and I want to know if you're okay sharing with me, but we did both have to do personal philosophy statements for Glenn Fox's class. And for everyone listening, a personal philosophy statement was just something that they encouraged us to to create and it takes time it takes days could take weeks to formulate who you are down to a quick phrase or a quick sentence and I would love to hear yours yeah so I
1: I did not know about personal philosophies and I walked into a class I was invited to go to a lecture and I made it up right on the spot like I didn't know and they said it was like something that will come so like easily for you you won't be afraid to say it like it something you believe in and it's who you are and so I wrote down on a piece of paper when the same way you lose with respect and integrity and it just it just felt like it embodied me and how I grew up and how I was raised and how I embrace and look at the sport Um, I want to be a champion I want to work harder than everyone else but I also want to be a good person and I want to be able to give back and I want girls who are young now want I want them to have opportunities in the sport and I want them to look up to me and to to see how hard I'm working and how I'm doing it in the right way and and that's just what I want in in my career and most importantly like that's how I want to make an impact that's such a
0: beautiful statement and it is one that like you said before it's something they said you should call on this when you need to you need to get reconnected with who you are your core you need to remember like what your purpose is and I feel like that's a statement that obviously we think win and lose in terms of competition but I think everyday life you know when someone cuts you off in traffic when you show up with the return receipt and they say it's been 31 days you know how do you handle those situations and it's such a great statement. I love it.
1: Oh, thank you. And it's even cooler <laughs> that
0: you just wrote it that day and you've never had to tweak it.
1: I I, <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish that happened to me. <laughs>
0: I'm like still tweaking mine. I'm like mine, not,
1: <laughs> nothing feels
0: right. I,
1: yeah, I honestly, like I, it just, it, I had that moment. Like I, I was with somebody and I wrote it down and we said it to each other first. And then Michael Gervais was the one who was like, all right, who wants to read theirs out loud
0: oh yeah I remember this class yeah was the guest lecture yeah and
1: I raised my hand because you know he talked about like you have to be proud of it this is what you want this is who you are and I was like you know and I went up there and I read it and he kind of talked me through it and I was like this is it like this is my personal philosophy and who knows maybe it will be tweaked a little bit one day but for the most part like i I think it stayed true, and it's like who I am and what I want to live by.
0: So. You're awesome. No, really, <gasps> oh, like this you. experience with <laughs> you as like I don't I don't have expectations on my guests. I always want to just get fully in the moment and see where things could go. But you know, obviously, one thing I always think about with Real is whenever I have someone on, I'm I'm hoping I want to really talk about these things. I was thinking I hope she wants to talk about her partner getting injured and and the stress there. And just thank you for sharing. Y- everything you've been through and being really authentic with us because so many athletes I know are listening and to hear from someone like you who is striving to be the best of all time just get really real about what the obstacles and hurdles have been is so freaking cool
1: oh thank you no I really appreciate it. I've, I mean I've been following you and I'm like so <laughs> stoked because I mean like you know Trojan family and yes it's I, so
0: real thank you so much I really appreciate your time today. I know you barely get off time. So no, I'm happy to be here. I'm like first podcast. So I was pretty excited. I, you did amazing. <laughs> Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for taking the call. I just thought that this would be so timely. Yeah.
2: A lot of crazy it's just the world is a crazy place right
0: now, that's for sure. <laughs> so the last time we spoke, you were pretty hopeful about that series of tournaments coming up. I think it was in China. And now, obviously, everything has been canceled. I've heard now the Olympics might be postponed. I'm wondering how this is affecting you and your training. And if this maybe I was thinking maybe because things are being postponed I don't know if the chances would be better, but from your perspective, what has it been like right now, just with everything going on in the sports world?
2: Yeah, everything is a little crazy right now, uh, because last time we talked, I I, I told you that we're going for it, we're going to every tournament we can, we're going to make a push for the 2020 Olympics, and then, of course, uh, the virus hit, and tournaments are being canceled, and Pretty much, you know, the whole world and the athletic world has been shut down, Um, and a lot of athletes aren't able to train, practice, go into their gyms. So right now, I've just been staying at home and and, um, trying to be safe and healthy, and um, the best that I'm doing right now is a lot of at-home workouts. Uh, The USA trainer's been amazing and sent us all really tough workouts that we can do from home. And then, of course, today they just announced the postponement of the Olympics. So, with that, there's even a little bit more confusion. We don't know what the qualification process is going to look like um, for for the next summer. Um, but all I can do is keep staying in the best shape I can, have a positive attitude, and hopefully, you know, can make it to the 2020 – Excuse me, twenty twenty one summer
0: olympic games now yeah and i would love how you to explain a little bit on how you're keeping that positivity and that optimism because i know so many young athletes are just so so upset that their seasons have ended and i i totally get it um and especially you like you explained how much you've been grinding and gunning for this for it to be disrupted like this so how have you been handling that and able to keep it's so positive.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been really hard. At first, after everything happened, uh, I was about to get on a plane and fly to a tournament. And I had to cancel my flight within about four hours mm-hmm. um, of me going all the way to Australia. And I was pretty heartbroken about it because I was just so ready to... Um, I was peaking at the right time. I was ready to compete, and then there was a huge letdown. So I completely understand how athletes are feeling right now, um, especially the young athletes who some of their seasons are over, and of course, Nc two a athletes who their seasons just got completely washed away. Um, that's such a it's just so hard. Um, and you kind of sometimes wake up and you're like, why? What am I putting all this work in for? Everything's over now. But I, I'm taking it as a way of this is something we cannot control, and that's okay. And we just have to take that with a grain of salt and know what we want to do and how we want the world to see us. And we don't want anyone to see us down or give up. We're, we're just excited. I'm just excited for what's to come and the new opportunities. So all this adversity, um, I think we can make something really good out of it. if We just keep working hard and training as hard as we can.
0: Yeah, I love that. I also think it's a unique position because we really don't know what what could happen. They could add another series of qualifications because it will be so like from so far ago or whatever the case may be. So really, All you can control is if you're going to be up to speed and be one of the best of the best. And so I think the advice for young athletes you're trying to say is like, just keep at your best because, you know, we don't know when this is going to end. We don't know what's going to happen when it's going to end, but you want to be, you know, your best player regardless of the situations you can't control.
2: Definitely. I I completely agree with that. And who knows? Maybe the qualification process will start over, start fresh. You you just never know.
0: And yeah, that'd um, be wild. You
2: just. Yeah, you just want to be ready um, for whenever an opportunity comes and um, you never know, like you said, what's going on right now. It's a little crazy with the world, but you never know what's going to happen next and you want to be prepared and you want to be ready to to be your best self and to be the best athlete you can be.
0: Oh, I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time quickly to jump on this call and just get everyone on the episode up to date. I was like, it's going to end really hopeful and people are going to be like, what is she up to now that there's a coronavirus is a national emergency. So thanks for taking the time to explain everything. Still rooting for you. Fingers crossed for a good situation um, when we all come out of this. But thanks so much. Oh, no, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Real Pod. If you enjoyed Sarah and you want to keep up with her and her journey, you can follow her on Instagram. Her username is Sarah Hughes Beach, Sarah Hughes Beach, and she is amazing. Her workouts, her work ethic, all of those videos get me hyped. So I highly suggest you check that out. If you enjoyed this podcast and have been listening, or if this is your first one and you enjoyed it, Please rate, subscribe, and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That would be so helpful and mean a lot to me. Thanks again for listening. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Hang in there. This is definitely tough, but I know that we can all get through it. Thanks again for listening. Have a good one.